Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I got my new Frisbee Guru mug. Yeah. Nobody on the podcast can see, but you guys on the call can see. Isn't it cool? Uh, I, I still haven't gotten mine, but uh, I'm looking forward to it showing up here soon. But that's, that's pretty cool that we have added the mug along with the shirt. We're building the Frisbee Guru retail line slowly but surely. That's right. Eventually, we'll take over the world. That's really the goal here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want we want to bring the world to us. That's, that's right. Let's, let's absorb exactly absorb the world into the freestyle frisbee community. Excellent. But I digress. So let's talk about our topic for the day, Randy. Great. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you set us in motion there, Mister G? Yeah, I can do that. So uh, today we're going to do a year in review from the perspective of the FPA, the Freestyle Players Association. So. Just going to talk about kind of what the FPA did and what we've learned along the way. And uh, to help us with that, we have the executive director of the FPA, Paul Kenny, joining us here on the call. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, welcome, guys. How y'all doing? Just as a quick aside, I want you to know that I've ordered enough mugs for all freestylers in Jacksonville Beach. Christmas <laughs> presents. Well, that was very nice of you. <laughs> yes. Thanks for the support, brother. You got it. First, before we start, I just want to say thank you very much for being the executive director. I know that you volunteer a ton of your time, and uh, all of us are very appreciative for it. So um, just wanted to say thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Appreciate that. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I want to I echo that, too. Thank you, because it is, it is and can be a thankless job. So uh, really, really grateful for all the energy and work that you do, Paul. Thank Definitely. you. So why don't we just start off with, um, I know the FPA just had uh, a set of elections, so some new people who joined the board. And uh, I don't know if anybody left the board or not, but can you just give us kind of a overview of the elections, who joined, what their roles are? Yeah, so we had a, uh, an election that uh, basically consisted of two seats being um, voted upon, and those were for uh, competition director and education director. And the competition director, uh, new member of the board, Thomas Nutzel from Berlin, and Jens Velasquez as uh, education director. And we just also appointed and the board approved uh, Michael Maciolek from Poland to be a member at large. So basically, he's going to work uh, probably a lot with Jens, uh, a lot with Jakob and Jason McGlade to work on all sorts of uh, new initiatives, kind of spread the jam type of efforts, things like that. And so Michael's going to be a very strong uh, player on the board that won't be restricted by a specific duty set, if you will. So he'll have some freedom there to do some of the things he wants to do, but within the board. So this year's board coming up, uh, I'll be executive director for another year. Jason McGlade is marketing. Jakob Kostel is membership. Bethany Sanchez, treasurer. Jens Velasquez is education director. Thomas Nutzel, competition director. And three members at large, um, shooting the Frisbees' own Randy Sylvie, uh, Lori Daniels, and again, as I said, Michael Maciolek. Great, great board. Um, you know, the people I've worked with on the board, four are all great. We've had a good chat with Thomas and our 
most recent board meeting and um, he's all fired up. It's great to have a competition director. We haven't had one in about two or three years at least. So it's good to have somebody who can kind of focus their energy on the competition side. Yeah, I think it's also pretty cool that we uh, have such a European presence on the board. Um, I think that's a, a good thing moving forward. It's almost an imperative because that's where the, the real big energy of the sport is at right now. So how often does the board meet? How often do you guys get together? Well, the attempt is like, say, once a month. It sometimes walks out a couple of weeks, so it can be six weeks. The, the balance is trying to find, you know, can we get Lori in Hawaii? You know, Randy's on the West Coast. You know, Bethany in, in Central. I'm in the East Coast. And then you've got Jason is is England, which is a five-hour difference from the East Coast, and Jakob's a six-hour difference. So we're talking literally some people are getting up before they have their coffee, and some people are trying to go to bed. So getting all these people together at the same time, you know, that's the challenge. It's a choreography in and of itself to arrange a meeting time. Yeah, it makes sense. It's really tough to meet with people across pretty much across the entire world, you know, all these different time zones. It's hard to find a time that lines up. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, in, in terms of perfection, you know, it, again, it's all volunteer. We're all in different time zones and we all have lives and, you know, all that energy has to come from the heart. We're better for it, but it's a challenge. Well, but I, I also want to say it's pretty amazing that you guys meet on a regular basis. I mean, you've got people from all over the world who aren't getting paid or just doing this for the pure love of it. And yet you still manage to run an organization that meets on a very regular basis and gets a lot of things done. When I look at the list of all the stuff that happened in 2017, it's amazing. You know, kudos. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you, well, speaking of some of the things that have happened, why don't you talk about some of the membership uh, structures and some of the changes that happened in 2017 so folks have a better understanding of, of why those decisions were made and, and what, what to look forward to moving forward. Gotcha. Great. That's a great call. The membership, there was a lot of uh, challenge and drumbeat about our membership fees being too high. You know, a lot of people in our sport, especially some of the younger Europeans, you know, they're, they go to tournaments and they're camping and stuff like that. And, and the membership fees were, were you know, quite high for, for some of these folks. And, 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 and as a board, we, we took what I think was a fairly large leap of faith going to this membership structure that's non-swag related. It's charging $20, 20 euros per year for membership. It reduces the cost for everybody and it reduces our our shipping and, and, and things like that. So it actually turned out to be fortuitous. And the hook is that we give massive discounts for product uh, for membership. By the time you buy three or four discs, you've more than broken even on your membership fee for the year and not only that there you know there's other products available and that kind of springboards to our our support folks that i want to give a shout out to uh, discovering the world discraft uh the right life ultimo.cz uh, for our european distribution folks I want to springboard on that really quick that I don't think folks realize it when they become a member that they get those discounts. Basically, go to the Right Life and you can buy a disc, a Sky Styler for four bucks, one of the misprints, or you can get the brand new FPA disc that just is coming out for six bucks. And I know through Jakob's site, they get those deep discounts as well. So becoming a member of the FPA has huge benefits, not only supporting the FPA, you get to get playing stock for extremely inexpensive pricing it's pretty it's a pretty uh cool thing 
Yeah, it's uh, it's worked itself out. We've kind of, at least in the short term, found that it's fairly even in terms of scale with what our old membership does in, in terms of support and stuff like that. So it, it, at least for now, we're not suffering for it, and the membership is benefiting greatly by it, I think. that That's a good thing, and hopefully it can be sustainable because it's, it's a great it's a great model to uh, to get more membership. I know in years past, membership's been on the order, I want to say 100, 120. And I just uh, got with Jakob two, two seconds ago, and we're one person short, but we have 100, like 168 members for this year. So that means it's it's increased. So definitely, this has been a successful change to the membership structure. So talk about the member numbers, because that's a new concept too. Yeah, the, the, the member number, the idea is... As you become a member, I guess it's based on the structure of the disc golf community that once you become a member, you get this member number and you get this member number for life. You only get your membership for the year you pay, but you keep that number the rest of your life. You know, So it, that member number is yours permanently. So it, it starts getting us along on a um, you know, pathway where we can kind of use this as one kind of pattern of history of our sport. You know, We kind of started late, if you will, relative to golf, but it but it allows us to, you know, allow th- this sense of history to come built into this membership number. Cool. Well, I think another, I think another uh, benefit of the membership structure that also hasn't been mentioned is that first-time members are free. So if you have not been an FPA member before, you can join the FPA for free your first year. And I believe that also applies to juniors uh, as well. Is that correct, Paul? That is correct. Both of those are correct. Your first year. All juniors are, are free, and then for others, your first year is free. So anybody who wants a discount on Sky Stylers and who has never been a member of the FPA before, go join, go buy your discs, you get them cheaper, and it will cost you nothing to get the discount. So where does the money go, Paul? When you pay for your membership, the FPA collects all the money. What does it get used for? Okay, the money is used for a, a number of things. Um, one, it for FPA Worlds, we support that tournament with a substantial uh, monetary amounts. The AFOs and EFOs get uh, a bit less, but they get financial support for their tournaments. Uh, you know, for spreading the jam to to juniors, which is a big deal. That's one of our thrusts we want to do. Or for going to new areas or those types of things, we'll support them. We've sent out. Um, some whiz rings to um, Mikhail, Mikhail Maciolak when he went to Montenegro to do this. It was, it was part of this ultimate thing, but he also taught a lot of freestyle to a lot of folks there that had never seen it before. The, one of the cool things, I think, the uh, Milan Jammers are making a big comeback in terms of having some organization where they're at. So we sent some whiz rings there to help them spread the jam. So we, you know, we try to you know, find the right ways to donate you know, either product or, or money, but most of the money goes to tournament support. And then some, some of the equipment we've, we've got for um, the, the live streaming, um, the, the real, real-time judging, those types of things. We've, we've supported those initiatives that, that are making our sport better. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of it, or it sounds like all of it, goes towards spreading the jam, growing the sport, like giving out discs, helping with the technology to take uh, what's happening at tournaments and bring it to more people or bring people together. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just, you know, general running of the tournaments. If you look at the membership numbers that I spoke of, the membership fees that we get do not fully fund what we do for the year. 
And so it's those buying of the discs that you guys do. It's, it's in, engaging in the auctions. Or if maybe you're, you know, if you just want to donate directly to the FPA, we're a 501c3 nonprofit that can be a tax write-off, at least in the United States. Um, some companies out there maybe have matching funds for nonprofits, and that's a, that's a way to leverage that and get us. So, you know, we do still deal with a shoestring budget, and we're always looking for more so. But one of the one of the reasons why to approach the membership structure differently is to try to introduce new revenue streams so that the revenue isn't all dependent on membership fees. Um, that is kind of how it was structured. So now introducing the auction is another revenue stream that allows us to keep membership dues lower, but also has the potential to bring in a lot of revenue to try some bigger things. And that's also along with selling the disc. That gives us another revenue stream. So really, it's trying to make the FPA uh, a little more mature. And it isn't just mm -hmm. a shoestring trying to survive from one membership due to another membership due. So I want to talk about the auction. But first, I had a question about disc sales because I didn't realize that was a revenue stream. Can you expand on that a little bit? Discraft gives the FPA 500 Sky Stylers a year as a sponsorship. And I'm like, well, then let's make a membership structure that gives our members access to these discs at ridiculous prices. As long as Discraft is willing to continue to sponsor us, let's use that as another revenue stream to help support organization while taking pressure off of the membership. Yeah. Well, that's probably good. People should know that. Discraft and Discovering the World donates the discs. They're sold by our, our good friends, Right Life and Ultimo CZ. And uh, it's awesome that buying discs, which most of us are going to do anyways, actually goes back and supports the FPA. So win, win, win. Love it. Since we're talking about revenue streams now, Paul, uh, I noticed that the FPA just did an auction of Hall of Fame Sky Stylers and Minis. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Another wonderful gift from, from Discraft. Yeah, so the auction is something that I believe it was Lori who had a big hand in, I think Randy as well. But what we got for the first inaugural Hall of Fame in New York in 2016 was Discraft made a run of Sky Stylers and Minis. Uh, the Sky Styler, um, basically a big Hall of Fame, really nice print. And then a mini run for each of the, I believe it was 21 or 22 members of the inaugural Hall of Fame. So we gave a bunch of these discs to the Hall of Famers themselves and the FPA held on to a bunch of these discs as well and had all the people that showed up for that inaugural ceremony sign their particular discs. I believe it was 12 out of 22 of the minis were signed by these uh, Hall of Famers and those same 12 signed the Sky Stylers. Last year's auction and this year's auction, so this is the second annual auction, Charles Burke uh, hosted it on his eBay site this year. So a big shout out goes to him for helping support the FPA. So the success of the auctions in the last couple of years has the FPA inspired to make, to expand this auction into um, other, other collectibles. And, and this is a, an interesting way as we go towards an auction next year, we're going to go beyond these FPA Hall of Fame discs into other disc swag and things like that. So what I'd ask of everybody out there, if you've got something out there that's collectible and you want to donate those to the FPA for our auction, that's a great way to give us a 
you know, an additional revenue source. What a brilliant idea. So you guys are asking people to donate their collectibles and then the FPA will auction them off and get the revenue. That's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Good job. Big kudos to Lori for kind of getting the pieces in place to start it off with the Hall of Fame minis and the disc. And Lori has been uh, really invaluable and then just kind of moving it forward. And Charles Burke for kind of getting us set with the eBay store. And now we kind of got the infrastructure in place to really make the third annual auction, I think, even a bigger success. So thank you to all involved. In New York, I was there. They used the uh, the streaming tent as the signing booth, and so I was sitting there watching one by one the Hall of Famers come over and sign their discs, and I got to take photos and shake their hands. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome, <laughs> just in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I was wondering where that missing set was. No, no. <laughs> I'm good. So, Paul, I have uh, another question for you regarding the Hall of Fame. So, when will the next class be inducted? Well, my understanding is. And the committee is, uh, I believe it's Skippy, Larry, Z, Stork, are a part of the committee that are putting together the Hall of Fame listings and those types of things. And I believe it's supposed to be next year. So, Paul, I heard rumors that there was an opportunity to get freestyle into the 2018 Junior Olympics as a demonstration sport. I don't really know any details about that. Can you talk a little bit about it? Correct. IOC, the International Olympic Committee, Uh, came to WIFDIF and asked to propose to the IOC some demonstration sports for the Junior Olympics in South America for 2018. And the IOC went to WIFDIF, and then WIFDIF came to the FPA and asked us if we were interested in being a demonstration sport. Submitted yes, that that we were, and we went out, made some efforts to try to get, get, get ourselves some demonstration teams and things like that. But it turns out all the parts are not in place yet all the way up and down the, the the food chain here to to implement it in 2018 but we are looking at 2020 in switzerland and the fpa board and hopefully all of us in the fpa are, are excited about doing that i know Retto zimmerman is over there in switzerland could be a big help because he's working with with juniors and this is just another big push that we need to put our energy into into juniors because this opportunity is staring us in the face and more more kids we have playing the better. So Paul, we're at the end of uh, year 2017. So maybe could you do a little reflecting on the year that just happened regarding the tournaments the FPA supported and uh, some of your thoughts there? Sure, we'll do. I, you know, I went to a number of these events myself and the big ones I would suggest would be the Frisbeer, which is always a big, you know, midwinter night's dream, um, you know, with the Dexter and Yaka, all the Jakobs and you know, the Frisbeer crew always putting on a great event with you know, obviously Ryan there with his tablet judging. They did a lot of unique judging formats. So, you know, that's always a successful place to, to try new things. And they've actually been a very good proving ground over the years, including last year with, uh, with their differing formats and, you know, shorter routines and stuff like that. It just, it's just one of the best well-run events you'll ever see. The other the other big events were the Wiftiff and Basingstoke, which were hosted by the Jasons, uh, Sophie, uh, the overall tournament directors, Rob Hamilton, and Ryan again to the rescue with his tablet judging system and uh, Poplay Spotlight Center. I uh, want to give a shout out to them, even though they may never hear it. They're the people who allowed us to go indoors and last minute scramble. Big, big props to Lori for actually helping to push that along in real time while we were there while she was doing the overall. 
And then the following week, we had the, the Worlds were in Udine. Uh, Zanardi was tournament director. Again, Ryan with the tablet judging system, which pretty much saved the tournament there. Um, Ryan is an amazing dude, won his first world title while doing all of that. And obviously, Jake with the, with the live streaming and, and Lisa with her help there, putting uh, teams and pools together and things like that. There seems to be a running theme here of 2017 of Ryan coming to the rescue with his tablet judging system. And uh, I, I just have to echo what you just said. And what is most amazing about that is that he was competing at the same time and he comes home with his first world title. Ryan Young, you rock. Yeah, he's he's a kind of a legend the way he's uh, done all this with all his, you know, that smile on his face and all the humility and the quiet behind the scenes kind of kind of things that he does. And w- without him, our, our sport would still be in the Stone Ages, probably. You know, a lot of times yeah. we talk about idea guy versus do it guy and how so many of us are idea guys. Ryan is do it guy. He, totally. he doesn't tell ideas. He just sits down and does stuff. He's amazing. Yeah. And the thing is about him is that you don't realize that he is even in the background doing it. He just shows up with stuff completed. It's like, whoa, when did you do that? And it's like, okay, yeah. you've got this full-on 16-tablet judging system that you've written the code for. And, I mean, really, just we are so lucky to have him. Uh, before we go on, and there was one more tournament I wanted to mention, and that's AFO with Charles Logan in Austin. You know, it's important to realize that he stepped up realizing that we did not have an AFO, and he volunteered to do it and and did a did a did a great job with it again ryan there with his judging system <laughs> but charles is a you know this is a guy who just had had a heart attack and ended up running afo so my big shout out to him and just in general the most important person in our sport is the tournament director anybody who's put on a tournament i just want to want to thank you for doing that you have tournaments all the way up to worlds no matter what, you know, Jam Canaria, new ones, you know, just all these new places that are putting on events, small or big, the tournament directors are the most important people in our sport, maybe other than Ryan. <laughs> but our tournament directors are what make our what, what, what make us all travel for the most part to go see each other. If somebody puts on a tournament and so that tournament director's gift to all of us is giving us a chance to be together. So thank yeah. you guys. Yeah, you thank you all guys and gals. Definitely. So we just finished talking about 2017 and all the amazing things that the FPA has done. Uh, what are you looking forward to in 2018? Well, again, having mentioned, you know, our wonderful tournament directors, uh, Frizz Beer is obviously coming up soon. So that's, that's a really wonderful tournament. And, you know, that'll be live streamed. A, a great one to go to. Worlds are going to be in Ternava, and that is in Slovakia. And that's going to be hosted by the Frisbeer gang. And we know from all the Frisbeer stuff that that's going to be an amazing event. In fact, I just got a message from Jakob Kostel as we were chatting that they're in Ternava now meeting with all the organizers over there for this massive world championships that they're doing over Ternava that includes disc golf and all these other sports. So, but this world's, as a, as a highlight, just knowing, you know, that staff from Frisbeer, what they're trying to pull together is really going to be extremely exciting for our sport in a brand new city. They're going there to that city in Ternava to go to the schools to do shows and, and all these things to kind of spread the jam to, to fire the kids up before we get there. So 
that is a really wonderful opportunity for us to spread the sport. And lastly, you know, going back to the, uh, the uh, Junior Olympics and the like, we need, you know, would like to see us, you know, spreading the jam more for the juniors and and get get our next generation going. I know Mike Maciolak's doing did some things in Montenegro with with some kids. Uh, I know Juan Piercing down in South America does a bunch of things with kids, and, and we need to work those angles as best we can. So big big worlds tournaments. Uh, I know EFO is going to be in Berlin. We don't have dates for that yet. And then trying to get as many kids in, in our sport and get inspired as possible. I love the idea of people, if you want to try something, we will support you in trying to do that. It's more challenging for somebody to say, okay, FPA, we need you to do this. We're more inclined to be able to help you help the sport. If you, you have these ideas and you have a way that you want to implement it, those are, those are my favorite concepts when somebody comes up with, with ideas and they have a way that they want to implement it. So this is kind of an empowering thing. Follow the energy. You know, wherever the energy is, that's where the FPA is going to go with it. So those that are inspired to do will get. So, Paul, if people wanted to find out more about the FPA or keep up with what's going on with the FPA, how do they find out information? Yes, there's a couple of ways to do that. Obviously, social media, there's an FPA, FPA-Freestyle Players Association Facebook page. We also have our, our FPA website, which is freestyledisc.org, freestyledisc.org, has all our uh, content in there and plenty of resources. If you want to contact anybody from the FPA board, all our contact information is there. And all you people out there, join the FPA. And if you've got some extra swag, donate to the FPA. If you got extra money, donate to the FPA. Help, help us help you make our sport better. And I love you all. Spoken like a true executive director of a very small nonprofit. Well done, Paul Kenny. And thank you so much for all you do for the FPA and all you do for the Freestyle Frisbee community. You, you really are a, a true asset and a gem to all of us. Thanks for talking to us, Paul. It's always wonderful to talk to you. It's so great of you to do everything that you do for the FPA. And uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate all you guys are doing for the sport yourselves. Uh, this is a wonderful thing to podcast. Thank you, Paul. And uh, with that, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, Check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the frisbees and live streaming.